Welcome to the Inspired Living with Autoimmunity podcast, the podcast for high achievers who want to stay sharp, focused, and full of energy despite their diagnosis. With your host, National Board Certified Functional Medicine Health Coach, Julie Michelson, where Julie helps you take your power back from autoimmunity. And now here's your host, Julie Michelson. Welcome back to the Inspired Living with Autoimmunity podcast. I'm your host, Julie Michelson. And today we're joined by Jamie Gold, wellness design expert and author of Wellness by Design. Jamie is a certified kitchen specialist, certified aging in place specialist, and Mayo Clinic certified wellness coach. In today's conversation, we're talking about how your home can support your health and nurture you to increase your resilience and well-being. Jamie shares how we can make choices that make our home a haven whether we're building something new or making small changes in our current space. Jamie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here. I am so excited for this conversation. I have a kind of secret passion about <laughs> building and design. I shared before I hit record, I've, I've built the last four homes I've lived in each time. The last three times, it's been like, this is my forever home. <laughs> um, and my mother lives next door. I helped design and build her home as well. So it is, it's a passion of mine. And clearly, wellness is a passion of mine. So I, I just was so excited to when you said yes, you would be on the podcast <laughs> because it's such an important subject. And so much of what I do with my clients, most people think they're coming to me for like, you know, support me with food. And I'm like, yeah, okay. And, <laughs> and, and, you know, you are the really one of the first people I've heard talking about, you know, our home impacts our health. I mean, mm -hmm. we, we all know it and, and we may go at it in different ways, but with your design background and then having the wellness piece as well, um, that's why I'm excited to have you here. Can you share a little bit about how did you design, you know, how did you kind of marry the two and how did you get get into the field? Well, I always loved design and I come from a family that loves design. And I've always sensed that there was that connection. And what really drove it home for me was my grandmother. And she was pretty much stuck where she was because she was in the only apartment near my parents that had a step-in shower. Mm. Being an older woman, she was concerned about falling, getting in and out of a tub every day. So yeah. I realized that is really an important issue because falls could be so hazardous to, to anyone really, but especially to an older person. And that was what kind of clued me into the need for design for aging in place. And so I focused on that fairly early in my design career and became a certified aging and place specialist and have worked with retired veterans and uh, little old ladies in condos. And, and I, I love that piece of it because it, it brings me back to her. It makes me feel that I'm helping others, other people's grandparents too. So that was my introduction to it. But then my first job in design, I worked at a Home Depot. And the kitchen and bath department was right next to the decor department. And that's where they made all of the uh, window coverings, like the the, mm -hmm. the shades and the blinds. And 
And they would be so, I realized how toxic that was because people would get migraines being Mm -hmm. in or near that when they were cutting those PVC blinds. Mm -hmm. And so that was part of my awakening to healthy elements in your home and what you might want to have, what you might want to exclude. I love that, which is so important. And I, you know, as I said, I spend so much time talking about that, um, that, and it's not even really my job. I mean, it kind of is, (laughs) but I I just, it's kind of the same as the food system. You know, when you really look at what is in what we call food in this country, I'm talking about Mm -hmm. processed food. Well, and even not processed if it's animals not raised right or, you know, produce sprayed with with chemicals but it it is the same and and I hear balance coming from you which is good because as we start to learn and realize what's in our building products what's in our decor items what's it can get overwhelmed it's like wow well am I better off outside you know should I live in a tent (laughs) like what what is the EPA says you are The EPA says indoor air could be five times more toxic than outdoor air. And I see, and I've seen even higher numbers. So yeah, I encourage people to open their windows or, you know, open a door for an hour a day to like, make sure you get that air moving. And outside if you can. Well, that's ideal too. (laughs) And it doesn't even have to be in an or. So I, I love that, that evolution of, you know, the aging in place. And then you realize like, wow, were you, I'm just curious, were you one of the people that was being affected by just kind of that off-gassing going on near you? It would, give me, it would give me headaches. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, funny, I was shopping for a new guest room uh, bed recently, mattress. Mm-hmm. And I walked into one mattress store and the fumes were so intense. I walked out. Yeah. I don't want that in my guest room. Right. I specifically chose a brand with an organic mattress, a non-toxic. Same with the bedding, because I don't want that in my bedroom. I don't want that for my guests either. Yeah, I love that you mentioned that specifically, and and I want I we're, we'll jump in and we'll reverse engineer because I get excited about tips. And there is no perfect. And and so and I just mentioned it can be overwhelming, but I I really do believe. Even focusing on, you know, one change at a time and prioritizing, mm-hmm. it can really make a big impact. And your bed is huge. I mean, hopefully you're spending a lot of hours a night yeah. <laughs> on it. Yeah. Um, and so I love that that you, I always tell people when we're talking about like household products, you know, start with detergent because every, you know, you're sleeping mm-hmm. on it, you're drying with it. Like it's touching everything you touch. Yeah, you're breathing and- that when you sleep, especially. Yeah. yeah. So I love that, that you, that, you know, mm-hmm. specifically we're referring to, because we don't think about that. And, and I'm this, I'm very sensitive to fragrance and chemical smells. And mm-hmm. so I, you know, I am that person that, that mm-hmm. sometimes gets a little hit in the face when I go into certain stores or mm-hmm. oh, um, gosh, perfume departments. Yeah. Casino smoke. I mean, <laughs> just walking into that mattress store was shocking to me. Yeah. Yeah. Cause this is, I mean, that's <laughs> 90 plus percent of the people that walk in there are going to buy a mattress mm-hmm. and, and go, you know, yeah. and sleep on it for years. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. Um, 
Yeah. I, I, so I know you do new design for new construction as well as remodels. Um, I've worked on both. And right now I'm only consulting rather than doing project management because I do so much writing and speaking. You can't, Unless you have a big team and and that's something sure. I don't want to have, you can't yeah. manage someone's project if you're you know on the road if you're focused on other projects. So now I'll do consultations, but Which I is like spreading like information this way. Right. I like you know speaking to people who come to you because they know that you're interested and you bring in guests and you're sharing insights. That's one of my favorite ways to share information. Well, I think it's how we make a, a, an impact, right? And so mm-hmm. that's that Being is ambassadors. Why, yeah, <laughs> it's why we have the conversations. So it is, it's amazing. Um, so is there? I have like a million and one questions again because this is such a, a like a pet subject of mine too. Um, but talking about thinking about the, the the autoimmune audience, right? So we're we're inflamed, and you know, as the ones who haven't started working with me yet, then we get better. But if we're thinking of toxic exposure, um, and also just you know, having your home be supportive. Um, I know that that you address, you know, people living with chronic pain and and things that you can do in the house to to ease some of that. Um, so is there a high priority either room or, you know, how how do you even approach if somebody has never even thought about this before? I find out what their biggest concern is and okay. where they spend the most time. What's their high priority room? Because that could be different for you or me or that person. And so each approach should be individualized for that person's, how they live. I love that. That makes perfect sense. Just Mm -hmm. like, yeah, just like the healing journey has to be individualized. Exactly. You talk about food, an organic apple is going to cost more than a regular apple. And what are you getting for that? And what are you giving up with that extra expenditure? Well, magnify that from the apple to materials for your home. Right. And what's important, how long will you be there? How will you be using? Is this a high priority space for you? How sensitive are you? You know, do you are if you're going to do a remodel, do you have a place that you can stay where you're not exposed to things during the construction part of it? There's so many factors involved. It's definitely not a one size fits all. Yeah. That's that's I, I, good advice. <laughs> um, and, and it is, it's always, I'm sure it's the same thing, right? There's the framework, but then it's, you know, what is your priority in, in your life? Um, I want to circle back to your story a little bit. <laughs> um, and I, I want to talk about your book wellness by design, um, yeah. because I, I feel like it probably didn't feel <laughs> like good timing at the, but the timing of you writing the book, the book coming out, um, and then the beautiful addition that you've made with the new chapter post, post, if we can even say post COVID, I don't know, but post pandemic, post pandemic, I don't think okay. we'll ever be post COVID, post lockdown, post lockdown. <laughs> right. And, and the book, the book was scheduled to, the book went to press right before the lockdowns. 
I didn't know, my editors didn't know, my publishers didn't know that that was going to happen. And it shifted the publishing schedule for thousands of books across the country, probably across the world. Sure. But so much of what I had in there became relevant. For example, creating a healthy work from home space. How many millions of Americans started to work from home? Creating study areas, which became great when people were teaching their kids at home. You know, kids were online at that time. The whole chapter on technology, uh, things about the importance of indoor air quality and reducing germ spread. I didn't know we were going to have a pandemic, but those all proved to be pretty darn helpful. Well, and it's interesting. I, I think that people's experience through COVID, either they got healthier or less healthy. And it, it's the same things that we do to, to improve health and stay healthy became really evident and important. Mm-hmm. And people maybe that weren't paying attention or, mm-hmm. or buying in now realize like, oh, this is, this is real. <laughs> um, yeah. And there were all these extra stresses that people had in their life. They might suddenly have an, a vulnerable family member living with them. They might suddenly have two people working from home and their kids studying from home. So whatever they could do to reduce their home stress at that crucial time was going to be helpful too. So, you know, for all those people who had uh, surfaces that required extra care, well, that was an extra stress as well. And I'm a big fan of low maintenance things, whether it's my hair. Yeah, or my countertops. <laughs> I want I want low maintenance life. I don't want to be working and fussing about things that I think just should take care of themselves. Basically, I'll clean you, and you know I'll go keep you from being damaged. But I don't want to be polishing countertops. I don't want to be wiping fingerprints off a high gloss lacquer vanity. You know, every time I look at it. So for me, the five facets of wellness design include functionality, which includes low maintenance and durability, things that will last and make your life easier. And I think that was especially helpful for people who had that during COVID, but it's always helpful. It is always helpful. For us in our lives, right? Yeah, we have enough. I I always, anywhere where you can reduce it. Mm -hmm. Um, So what is your, one of your favorite countertop materials? I love engineered stone. Okay. Which would be a lot of people call them quartz, engineered quartz, sile stone, Cambria, Caesar stone, Zodiac. Those are all basically the same material mm-hmm. uh, with different brand names, Coke sure. versus Pepsi. Right. So right. They're all essentially <laughs> the same, but you never have to seal them. You never have to polish them. Mm-hmm. They're stain resistant, heat resistant. Uh, and then there are some hybrids. Uh, that are combination of different materials that also make them extremely durable and low maintenance. And there are uh, porcelains. When you think of tile countertops, you're probably picturing your grandmother's or your grandfather's grout. The little, exactly the dirty grout. (laughs) There's porcelain slab that could be this whole huge surface that looks whatever you want it to look like, whether it's distressed copper or marble but it doesn't have any of those um, maintenance properties to them. And they can oh, go wow. indoors or outdoors. They're frost. I love that. 
I've always loved the look of a marble counter. Now with the manufactured mm -hmm. stuff, you can get, I, I would never put a marble countertop in a kitchen. I think it's, it's only for show kitchens where you don't actually cook. Right. <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> and I don't recommend that. I actually recommend everybody cook. <laughs> so um, I love that. I, I just, but I, I really, I love that is amazing advice for, you know, that really considering how low maintenance, something can still be beautiful and high end and make you happy yeah, and be low maintenance. So yes. I, I think that that's really smart. Any little steps in the day, I had a, a client ask me today, do you diffuse your hair every day? I said, no, I get out of the shower and I do that. And <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a wash and go gal. <laughs> yeah. I don't have time for that. I, it's not where I choose to put my right. energy. Do you want to spend an hour on your hair or do you want to spend an hour on a hike right. or a game or coffee with friends yeah. or a walk? And that's how I look at life. Yeah. I love that. Oh, yeah. that's a, that's amazing. I want to ask, I'm going to take a turn <laughs> um, because I, I think it, it ties all the way back into your inspiration from your grandmother. I want to talk about the the health benefits of multi-generational living because I feel like and I, you'll tell us maybe if it's if it's kind of coming you know it, it really had fizzled it, it way less people are experiencing it or were before covid than say right. 20 30 years ago um, I grew up with a lot of people whose grandparents lived in the same house as mm -hmm. them and the aunt and uncle lived next door and yeah. Um, it's a, it, it just, it, it seems like that's something that, that became less common. And I, I think has had a negative impact on just family wellness, all of it. Is it, is it I agree. coming I mean, back more since COVID? It's becoming more mainstream, but it's always been there in a lot of the ethnic communities that I've yep. worked with and lived around. Uh, growing up in New York city, it was pretty common. Yeah. You know, I grew up Polish in New Jersey. Neighbors, so. Our Italian neighbors, our yep. Jewish neighbors all had grandparents living in the same house. Mm -hmm. My grandmother has lived with us on and off. And I had two grandmothers. And the one that I was closest with was the one who shared our home. Sure. And she was my buddy and yeah. an ally. And yeah. I think that there is that benefit of emotional closeness, as well as passing along the family traditions. Yeah. And then you talk about the some of the more concrete benefits. If you have an older family member at home and they need care, you're closer and able to provide it more easily. Or if you have child care needs and you have an older family member, well, that's one more adult who can help. Right. And of course, every family has to work out its arrangements. Sure. And that should all be done before someone you know shares needs it. Right. Now, what's the responsibility? What's the privacy? What's the expectation? All of that. But that benefit of sharing the family, the cultural heritage, for example, sharing all sure. those recipes, you know, that my mom got from her grandmother, for example, and the closeness, the allyship, and the caregiving that could be reciprocal. Even to the point of one of the trends that's been really big in California and it's spreading is the um, the ADU, the accessory dwelling unit, what we used to call granny flats. <laughs> and 
that has become a big trend. And sometimes it's the grandparents moving out of the home that they raise their children in and moving into a granny flat on the property. So they have their own space, their own entrance, their own privacy, but they're close by. So there's caregiving both ways. And of course, adding that extra home to the property adds value. Right. And when you know there's this huge housing shortage, so it certainly helps with that. And it helps the younger couple and their children have a place to live yeah. in an established neighborhood. So it's it's benefits all around. It really I is. love that. And and zoning wise, is it encouraged? I know like where it's I encouraged. live. Encouraged. Okay, yeah, good. absolutely. You know, now they're doing things that go beyond just a single granny flat, and there's some certain pushback against that. But if you have a house and you have a, a yard and you could put a you know, a one or two bedroom uh, little outbuilding there. Mm-hmm. That's that's a benefit for everyone. For the I older love that. generation, the younger generation, even the neighborhood in a way. Yeah, I think it's beautiful. I I are my multi generational situation is is I'm laughing because I'm looking at I guess what kind of could be considered a granny flat, except my mom's house is bigger than mine because this was my downsize. <laughs> Um, but it it really was that, you know, she was living in Arizona. I was living in Colorado, single mom, three kids. And anytime she needed extra something, if something happened, I had to go to Arizona. Mm-hmm. And so um, for us, it just worked out. And my mom is young and vibrant. It worked out better that we get big property. She have her house, but is right there. You know, uh-huh. she. I think it's ideal. Yep. Wasn't feeling well yesterday. I was able to pop over between clients and, you know, just make sure she was all right and bring her some soup. So it, it's, I can, I can understand, you know, all of the immense benefits and especially when families are having younger kids, you know, I watched it with my friends, you know, um, it was, it was just great. My grandparents always lived in another state. And so I always was kind of a little jealous of my friends that had their grandparents living right there. No, I've had neighbors who uh, would have the parents come in from other countries, like the Philippines is a big one or Mm -hmm. India, and they would stay with them for months at a time. Right. So that's pretty common in a lot of cultures. And I've even designed, I've worked on homes where there are two primary suites, one for the older couple and one for the, you know, the main uh, couple and the the older couple would have their own kitchenette in that area. Yeah, so yeah. it's a great idea and and autoimmune, you know, specific for. I'm thinking back to when I was a single mom, um, and that was when I was at my sickest when I was young. I mean, I still am technically a single mom, but my kids are adults, so it's not. It's a little different. But when they were little and busy, and I was fatigued and in pain and, you know, really working hard just to function through the day to have, you know, if I had had a, you know, a parent living, somebody who could just at least part-time help out would have been amazing, you Mm -hmm. know, and what value for the kids to, you know, to have had that. So I think that that's a, it's a, it's a piece that, that, 
it has be it's just become less common and i love that it's getting more common again i do too um for for different reasons you know in addition mm-hmm. to just culturally if that's what we're used to culturally care wise yeah um just the whole housing shortage yeah. uh, issue that's why i wanted to include that as one of the five themes in the bonus chapter is because i see the wellness benefits of multi-generational living I mean, I knew the grandmother who lived with us. I really barely knew the one who was in a nursing home. I mean, that was just a huge study in contrast right there. Right. Right. Well, it it makes sense. So I love that, Mm -hmm. you know, you're a a good part of your career has been not only the multi-generational, but also just allowing seniors, creating spaces for them so they could stay in their homes and not... Mm -hmm need to to go to a facility. So I think that that's, it's a real gift. Um, I want to talk a little bit about <laughs> all the things, but I want to shift to technology because, um, you know, I was, I, as I was confessing with this last house that I built, some of the things that I wanted to do for, that I thought were supportive for my health that are supportive for my health. The builders kind of thought like I was a lunatic because it's just not how they're doing things. Right. Uh (laughs) Um, They better adapt because it really is every survey that I, every industry survey that I, that I come across Mm -hmm. that people are savvy to the fact that their homes have an impact on their health. Well, because we're having conversations. I wrote the book. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it is now though. No, it's it's fantastic. It's wonderful. It's it is. So I I look at. um, I went to visit my best friend last year, who lives in this you know beautiful condo by the ocean, (laughs) and and, she was talking to all of her lecture. You know, not. uh, I was like, oh my gosh! Like I, my I have a dumb home. I intentionally built a dumb home, and I probably didn't need to. I, like I, you know, could have done things a little differently. Um, to shut my Wi-Fi down at night, you know, to just I, I take extra steps, and I know I'm I go sometimes beyond. Um, these are things I needed to do to support my resilience as I was healing. That are now just habits. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Um, but what is that balance between? Because technology can make life easier. It can, and so, it can make life healthier. How can it make life healthier? Well, let's take indoor air quality. There are different monitors that can let you know if there's an issue. People don't think much about radon because it's it doesn't have a smell to it. You can't see it. You can't smell it. It's the second leading cause of lung cancer after cigarette smoke. I didn't so know that. Wow. radon detector is technology, it can save your life. There are other uh, technology systems that tie into uh, indoor air quality. One that I particularly like is cooktops that sync with the ventilation hood. Oh. So that if you're cooking something, it knows what it is and it adjusts to the right performance level. And that works with induction cooktops which are great technology, in my opinion, especially compared to gas, which can negatively impact your indoor air quality. So that would be an example. Then there's leak detectors that will let you know if 
a pipe is leaking slowly or a hose or something along that line. And maybe you're not seeing it, but it's creating an unhealthy mold issue or insurance claim down the line, which is emotional stress and financial stress. So things like that. And there's, there's all kinds of technology to let you know that there's an issue with your home or there's caregiving remote technology as well. If your mom were still living a state away. Yep. You could have technology in her home that lets you know if there's a problem. Yeah. I like that. And that and and that's getting better and better and better. Although mm-hmm. I did have, I spoke to a, a client yesterday who who told me her I think she has an Apple Watch or, or something. And I could hear it. Somebody was talking to her while I was mm-hmm. and she's confessed. I don't know. It's my watch is saying it keeps thinking I fell down hard. <laughs> and I haven't fallen down. And I'm like, well, I guess mm-hmm. better than ignoring a fall, you know, <laughs> right. is, um, but, but the, the, that's a, I think that's an area where technology is, is changing mm-hmm. health, especially for the aging um, community, like really greatly. And, and that stress level on loved ones who at mm-hmm. least feel like, okay, if something happens, I'll know. Right, because even if my mom lives next door, God forbid, you know, she fell and couldn't get to the. If something happened, mm-hmm. you know, I would notice if I hadn't seen her <laughs> in a while. But um, so I like see that's where I know I can be very, you know, close-minded, and I know there are positives because you wouldn't talk about it if there weren't positives. Yeah. Wait, um, and even this technology that sure. allows people to visit with each other without being there. Which I've done seminars COVID. this way, and yeah, uh, I've attended a baby shower. Uh, no, it was a baby shower and a bat mitzvah and a celebration of life and goodness of fitness training. In fact, my my workout buddy moved from San Diego to Canada. We work out on video. I love it. You know, and that is an accountability partner, and it's just more fun that way. Oh well, it's and it it does the accountability piece, so it's it's fun, and you actually do it in in a way you're not dreading. Which is, I visited with a fitness trainer, and I've interviewed other fitness trainer who could train clients remotely. Love it. No, it's true. It really has made us all glue. I look, I work with clients in Europe, so I wouldn't you be know. doing that. Right. So, you know, exactly. I, yeah, there's a lot of positives. And I, and I think that is one of the things that was highlighted. I remember when I was first coaching over Zoom, you know, trying to explain to people what Zoom was and how to use it. <laughs> now everybody knows how to, how to Zoom, you know, <laughs> it's, it's great. It, it really is. What about those whole, you know, smart homes, whole house where your house is running itself? Are you, are you for that? Is there anything we should be paying attention to? Um, again, it's going to depend on the person. Mm-hmm. And their needs, because I tend toward the simple. Okay. But I would personally, and I'm I'm in a townhouse. I never intended this to be my forever home. Okay. But my forever home will have technology built in. I, for example, want to have not only solar panels, but backup batteries. Yeah. So that I could run my home on stored power, even if we're down for a few days because of an earthquake or a, you know, other interruption. 
So things like that. And, you know, indoor air quality monitors, water quality monitors. Um, so yeah, and again, I do this kind of thing where I'm communicating with people. So you have to have a certain bandwidth to do that. Sure. And I'm lucky in my area, I have broadband, so we don't have interrupted signals. So yeah. that's important as well. It is. But do I need every bell or whistle? Do I need to be able to, you know, walk in and say, turn on the music? Not necessarily. <laughs> it's nice to have. Right. But it's also nice when you have a smarter security system or if you have windows that are hard to reach and the you can operate the blinds remotely, that's a safety factor as well. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always begging my mom, please don't climb. <laughs> don't, I'll be right there. Don't touch it. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Please don't get on that ladder. Don't, <laughs> don't. She gets in trouble if I come and there's mm-hmm. this even like a, a taller step stool out. It's not, it's right. not okay. It's not, mm-hmm. exactly. it's not necessary, you know. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's really not necessary. So I love th- this idea. You're inspiring me to to focus a little more with people on like simplicity, right? And and um, I'm guessing you work around ease of use. I know I, I've read the so you know that was kind of and you're right. It it does depend on the person's lifestyle and and priorities as far as ergonomics and chronic pain and and all the things. Um, mm-hmm. But but that what can we do to just lower maintenance and lower the steps we have to take to care to take care of our home, I think is is so important. And and that's a remodeling um, new construction type of conversation. You know, the materials that you choose is part mm-hmm. of it. There are people who will do a countertop redo without, you know, remodeling their whole kitchen. Right. But. You know, a lot more people find, well, I have to fix this, so I'm going to have to do that, and then this is involved, and that's Uh involved. So there's no simple project, really. Right, right. And so it comes down to what choices you're going to make. And that's why, you know, a lot of people like to DIY things, but then you don't know what you don't know. Right. So I think if you can study up on, you know, the different surfaces. And I have in my book, a whole chapter on materials that will hopefully you know, help people with that. You know, what's your needs are different if it's just you and a partner and there's no kids at home, right. for example. If you have kids, you have a lot more spills. And then- you Oh, know, you the- haven't met me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the potchka so, queen. Yeah, I can spill anything. There, there are spills with other people. <laughs> even if you entertain a lot. Yeah. You yeah. Know, you, you have that. So everyone has to make those decisions, but do it with as much information as you can. Yeah. I always say that what you don't know, you don't know can really bite you in the butt. It, it can. And I, I think that is right there, the overarching, you know, that's where the book is such a gem because, um, yeah, I spilled a bottle of, of all, I knocked over, I just opened a bottle of olive oil the other day and I knocked it over. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. picked it up as quick as I could. And I stood in my kitchen. I was actually proud of myself. I took a breath and I was like, you know what? I have soapstone counters. So I was like, I'm going to oil the counters because I had this bottle of oil anyway. Um, And I have a, it's a, it's a, it's a dark, um, 
it's the toughest soapstone I've had in, intentionally in, in any house. And so I don't, I, I think I've oiled them once and we've been here six years. So it was like, oh, okay. And we're going to use olive oil. And how healthy is that? It's great. Anti-inflammatory counters. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but I, I, I just, I love that understanding the materials and making educated choices mm-hmm. in knowing if something is porous and or toxic or is is essential um so mm-hmm. i don't know it's a it, it is such a great resource the book and, and sometimes i know it's not the ca- it's not the counters it's what you have to clean them with or seal them with or polish right. them with so and just knowing what maintenance is involved with the materials you're choosing yeah, You may love the look of that surface and then find out, well, in order to keep it looking that way, this is the care it requires. Right. And it may require, you know, a professional. It may require beyond what you're going to do at home yourself. And, and how durable is it? Right. Yeah. How long will it last you? Will it look as great in five or 10 years as it does in the showroom? Right. Yeah. If you're actually using it. <laughs> <laughs> So, most I people do. Yeah, most people do. It's great. It's really great advice. Um, and you, I know you referenced it, but this, so you have the, the, the book now has that additional pandemic chapter, chapter mm-hmm. um, of, of kind of the things I, I'm, I'm guessing they're not things that you learned in the pandemic. They're things that people are now, you know, more aware that, that are important, um, and so, and so anybody who has the book can go online and get access to that chapter. Right. Is that correct? There's a, there's a reference in the book to where bonus material has lived since the book published because I had end notes and I wanted to include links to those end notes and to the designers and companies that provided imagery. So people could just go on and take a look at those things and a resource guide and checklist. So that's the area where the bonus chapter lives now. It had a home already that it could just move into. It was meant mm-hmm. to be. It really was was meant to be. And so I cannot recommend enough if anybody is. And again, I really think we just like we don't know what we don't know. We also don't know what we're going to need to know, right? You don't know if you have an unexpected remodel coming your way. And yeah. so I just think it's a it's a wonderful resource for people to have um, because your home can and should support your health and, and improve your resilience. And so I'm I'm grateful you know for the that work from you're a doing. Food perspective too. Your kitchen is your home's fueling station. Oh yeah. And the easier it is to make healthier meals in your kitchen, the more you're likely to do it. It's true. If it's, it's hard, if it's dark, if it's unpleasant, chances are you're not going to be cooking as much. Yeah. Yeah. And even little things. And this is where it comes to personalization. A happy accident. As my health was declining in, in that home, I had a warming drawer in the kitchen. I hadn't ever had one before. I don't even know why. You know, it was recommended and I put it in. I used that thing all the time because I I didn't have the physical energy to do after school activities and cook dinner, you know, within mm-hmm. that window. And so it, that is where it's like, really look at, you know, where you are health-wise, how you're living and what you need your home to be, to be supporting right. you with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kitchens, kitchens and food are important. I love it. 
So we covered a ton and I have a million more questions, <laughs> but I but I promised I would let you out on time. So I'm going to hit you with my wrap-up question, which okay. is, and it doesn't, it can be anything. What is one step that listeners can take today to start to improve their health? That's an excellent question. Well, thank you. I know it stumps everybody. <laughs> and it's, it's going to be different for each person. But I say, know yourself, what works for you, what doesn't work for you. And then apply that to your environment, which of course includes your home. Make it a space that supports and nurtures you instead of sabotaging you. You know, look at the different ways that you feel happy and comfortable and relaxed and supported in your home. And then change those things one by one that don't add to your life. Doesn't have to be a big thing. It could be one drawer per weekend. Yeah. As opposed to one room. Don't tackle the whole garage at once. That can make you crazy. Right. Right. No, that's a huge project and can be exhausting. But I love that the change one thing at a time and that really take, you know, checking in to, to what is it that does support you? What nurtures you? I love that word. It's so important. We tend to get fast paced and not think about that. And, and we need it. We all need to be nurtured. One of those other five facets of wellness design I mentioned earlier is comfort and joy. Yeah, it's essential. So your home should provide both. It should support both. Love it. Ah, love it. So before I let you go, for people that are listening on the go, which is typically how I listen, where is the best place to find you? My website has links to my weekly ad-free blog. It has links to articles I've written, uh, my own information, uh, that bonus place that you can find if you get the book, and of course, how to get the book and two excerpts. That's jamiegold.net. It's J-A-M-I-E, gold like the metal, dot net, not dot com. That went to the poker player. <laughs> jamiegold.net. And uh, that's where you'll find everything you need. Amazing. Jamie, thank you so much. You have shared genuine gold with us today. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to come back whenever you have more questions. I love it. Everyone has a happy, healthy, safe holiday. Thank you. For everyone listening, remember you can get the transcripts and show notes, including links to Jamie's website and the new book chapter by visiting inspiredliving.show. I hope you had a great time and enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Thank you for listening to Julie Michelson's Inspired Living with Autoimmunity. Did you enjoy this episode? Please like, share, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to get a transcript of this and every other episode, just head on over to inspiredliving.show or click on the link in this episode's description. There, you can also find everything we discussed in this episode, including links and information about our guest. You can even send in your questions to be answered by Julie in a future episode. That's inspiredliving.show. Until next time, this is Julie Michelson's Inspired Living with Autoimmunity podcast, helping you take your power back.